There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a gunner. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. There's a moment for you. Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. And it's driving jam time. And the Billikens win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Connect pattern caught. Touchdown, Kansas City! Now, Sports Open Line on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Awesome to be with you on Sports Open Line. A little weird, I'm not going to lie, a little weird following a basketball game. Usually it's the other way around. Usually we're wrapping up early to get to a basketball game, but of course this is a rescheduled game, evening slash afternoon, and the Billikens fall to St. Bonaventure, 83-79. to Rough first half. Uh, the Billikens made a nice comeback in the second half. Wasn't enough. And uh, they take the loss. They're second in a row to St. Bonaventure. So uh, a little bit of a tough one there. Obviously, still some work to do. Uh, I feel like I jinxed the Billikens. Because we had Rammer on last week. And I was going on and on about how well they've been playing. And, you know, they're on the path. They could make the tournament even without winning the A-10. And then, of course, they lose the next two games in a row. So I feel like I owe I, I own some of the responsibility uh, for the two games. Okay, not really, but you know what I mean. Billikens fall, and uh, obviously tough loss for them. We'll talk a bit more about them as we go. Uh, we got tons to do tonight. Um, I got a lot to unpack from the Super Bowl last night. I got a lot of baseball coming up in the next hour. Uh, the big meeting that we were told about Saturday that Rob Manford was like, hey, hey, we're going to make a substantial offer. It wasn't substantial. It was actually quite small. And we're right now where we were a week ago and where we were the week before that and where we were the week before that. And it's it's just, it doesn't make any sense to me. But what I got today, I got numbers today. These aren't numbers that I did. A couple of them were the basic like math things. But we're going to take a look at a number of different things, like a, a whole bunch of angles on this. Like, where are these offers changing? How much are they changing? What does it mean? And why is it so difficult to negotiate on the CBT, on what we call the luxury tax? Because revenues have gone up ridiculously since that luxury tax was put into place, and the luxury tax growth has not matched that. So essentially, for the last 10 years, revenue has gone up 46% on an, on an average per team basis. And the luxury tax that tax went up 17% during that time. Why is this a hill that the owners apparently will die on? That we will not move those things. And if we're going to move those numbers up a little, we're going to dramatically increase the penalties. I will eventually, too, in the next hour, look at the counter argument that says, hey, raising that luxury tax is only going to help like five or six teams, and then they're going to go outspend everybody and that would be bad. And I'm going to look into that because, well, I have already looked into that. But we're going to talk about that because there is a partial legitimate point there. But then there has to be another solution. If the solution is, well, we aren't going to move anything up anywhere. And we're going to ask you to accept that and then pretend that it's better than what you already have. When in reality, what they already had wasn't working that well to begin with. Um, you can see why we're stuck. And I will get into that. That's going to be next hour. Uh, we'll do some stuff with the Cardinals next hour as, as well. I've uh, been doing these little primers, like pre-spring training primers, because at some point they're going to report. At some point we're going to have real baseball to talk about. 
Uh, don't know when, but at some point they will. Uh, we'll talk about the Cardinals catching situation today. We'll talk about what should we expect from Yachty. Um, you know, obviously it looks like Andrew Kisner is in that spot to be the backup. Where does Yvonne Herrera fit into all of this? Um, so we'll, we'll take a look at that later on in the show. Let's start with the Super Bowl. Dang it, the wrong team won. Dang it, I hate that so much. And I hate seeing that dead-ass vampire up there. Oh, he just won the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I mean, the guy has, Stan has no emotion, no happiness. We know that he doesn't feel happiness. This is why he tries to cram money into that gaping hole in his heart. Whatever he's missing, whatever hole there is in his soul, he tries to fill that with money and it doesn't work. And honestly, I couldn't watch it in real time last night. It was an entertaining game for the most part. It wasn't the prettiest game. It's a little choppy, but it wasn't ugly. It wasn't horrible. And at least it came down to the final minutes, which gave us a reason to watch the whole game and not be too concerned with the commercials. By the way, why is everybody obsessed with the commercials? Like, who cares? Some of them are ha-ha-ha, chuckle. Some of them are not. It's okay. I mean, like, I, I just don't get the obsession with it. I understand that, you know, every once in a while you get one that makes you laugh a little bit more than the others, but uh, I'm not talking about them today because I don't care. Plus, I'm like, why would I give everybody free advertising? That's not nice. I mean, it's not like, I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm being duped if I do that. Like, these guys are like, look at this. We're going to dump, we're going to make all these dumb people talk about our products for free. Like, I'm not doing that. We will talk a little bit about the halftime show at some point. I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm going to take too long to do that, uh, but I will get into it because I couldn't believe I, I, I mean, I, I should, I shouldn't say that I couldn't believe it because I should believe it because everybody's always mad about something on social media, but there are people that actually were mad about that halftime show. Are you kidding? What's there to be mad about? Like, if you don't like that kind of music, that's fine. I don't like country music. I don't get mad about it online. I don't find something to be aggrieved over. I just don't pay attention to it. Or sometimes I will, uh, ooh, I don't remember who it was. I think it was when Maroon 5 was doing the halftime. I just, I, I did my interpretation of their performance in GIF form on Twitter. That was my rebellion. And I wasn't angry by any means. I was just being silly. But apparently people were mad, like big mad. And I don't get that at all. But anyway, we'll get to that later on. Let's talk about the game. Rams win. Mm. Annoying. Hate to see. And again, nothing against the people in L.A. Nothing. I, I like Matthew Stafford on a human level. I'm happy for him. He played for 12 years on a terrible team and took a beating. And at least this time when he took a beating, he wins a Super Bowl for it. You know, I like Aaron Donald, one of the best defensive players I've ever seen. I don't mind seeing him do well. and It's not about the players, the coaches. and We all know it's about Stan and, and, his, and his little toady, Kevin Demoff. Like, those are the people we don't like. So, yeah, that part sucks, but the team is good. And, boy, wouldn't it have been nice to see the team run as aggressively as they've run that team in L.A.? Trading draft picks for proven players, going out and getting stars all over the place, bringing in Jalen Ramsey and Matthew Stafford. Would have been nice if old Enos had shown that kind of aggression, that kind of caring while the team was here. Of course, if he did that, they wouldn't have been able to justify the move to L.A., so you do the math on that. 
yeah, we're just going to not try. And then that'll make us lose and that'll keep people away. And then we can just use that to justify our move. It'd have been nice, though, if they would have let Les Snead do all this stuff back in the day. What? No, we don't have a quarterback? Yeah, trade trade, trade the first-round pick for Stafford. I mean, come on. But their moves worked. Give them credit. They win the Super Bowl. On the football side, I can respect what they do. A little bummed for the Bengals. Um, you know, and Obviously, I think Burrow's injury changed the game there in, in, the, in the fourth quarter because if you watch the drives that followed that knee injury, uh, they, they, they started leaning into the running game and it didn't really get them anywhere. And of course, throughout the second half, the Rams defense did what I thought they were going to do the whole game, which is dominate the line of scrimmage. I mean, Joe Burrow, especially with the limitation, once the knee got dinged up, he wasn't going to have time to do anything, and he wasn't going to have, at least after that fact, the escapability to you know extend the play to make something happen. And you know, so really, what I thought was going to be a big factor for four quarters really was only a factor for the second half. But that was the Rams' defensive front completely dominating the Bengals' offensive line. That's what happened in the second half. The Bengals' offense. I mean, outside of the 75-yard throw and then one moderate drive that ended in a field goal, the Bengals didn't do much in the second half at all. And really, they shouldn't have gotten the touchdown to T. Higgins. I mean, let's, come on. We all saw the face mask. Higgins grabbed Jalen Ramsey by the face mask, threw him to the ground, caught the pass, and ended up going for the 75-yard touchdown. That was offensive pass interference and or face masking, maybe both. But at least one play should have come back. I think we can all acknowledge that that was the case. So if not for that play being allowed to stand and no call being made there, the Bengals weren't leading that game late anyway. So I know a couple of people on Twitter and some people I know are texting me and they're like, oh, yeah, great. The, the officials here in the last couple of minutes, now they're trying to make sure the Rams win it. I'm like, meh. I mean, there were some calls there that they didn't make throughout the course of the game, and that's annoying. But, I mean, the Bengals first play of the second half shouldn't have been a touchdown and it was I mean it should have been a 15 yard penalty on T Higgins for the face mask and they didn't call it and that that resulted in seven points so I I think the outcome was correct in the end I don't I don't think that the Bengals got robbed I, I they you know they they probably would have had a better chance I will say though I didn't like I didn't like Zach Taylor's play calling in the in the second half, in particular in the fourth quarter. Um, did they even throw a screen pass? Did they even attempt anything along those lines to, you know, allow that pass rush up the field a little bit and toss something right behind them? I didn't. I mean, I, if they did it, I don't remember very much of it. And I was looking for it because I'm like, you know, pregame yesterday talking about it. It's like, all right. Hey, one way you can combat that is the screen game. No, obviously running the ball, but the running the ball thing only worked a little bit. And there were also some weird things like, uh, you know, on a big play, you know, on a big down, I want to say it was third and one. Instead of having your your number one running back in there, instead of having Mixon in there, you hand the ball to Samaj P. Ryan. I mean, that seems like an odd thing to do. They mismanaged some short yardage situations. Uh, they could not block on the fourth and one on the last play. And again, I, I do think the right team won. I mean, Matthew Stafford's been good at this whole fourth quarter comeback thing his entire career. Nobody really knows it because he was in Detroit, but he's really good at this. 
He's been good for years at the fourth quarter comeback at leading the big drive because he's aggressive. He's got the arm to drive the ball down the field. He's got the arm to put the ball in tight spots. And he's got the the gunslinger mentality. And he and Cooper Cup did an amazing job. You would think that a team that was pretty much down to just Cooper Cup would have a hard time getting that player open. But nope. And he's really good at what he does. I mean, that's, you know, Cup, Cup was arguably the most productive receiver in the, in the National Football League this year. And everybody knows he's getting the ball and he's still able to get open. He's still able to make the big play. Some of that on a couple of those plays was the ball placement from Stafford that made it, I wouldn't say easy, but certainly made it easier. But you would think that with, with Odell Beckham Jr. out of the game with a knee injury and Tyler Higbee out and no Robert Woods, you would think that you would just put like three dudes around Cooper Cup and say, anyone else can beat us. Literally anyone else can beat us. You go, just go one-on-one against everyone else. Don't even worry about like safety help over the top on the tight ends or whatever. Let them beat you. Don't let Cooper Cup beat you. And how he ended up in single coverage on that last touchdown play, I mean, come on. In that spot, I'm just going to throw two people at him. And if anybody else gets open for the touchdown, oh, well, we lose. But I'm not letting that guy beat me. And I don't understand. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's no way to stop a guy like that. He's obviously very good. And the throw from Stafford was very good. But you're just like your your defensive game plan on the last play. Well, you're, you know, you're what? You're on the goal, basically on the goal line. You're one or two yard line. And you're just going to go, you know, one-on-one Cooper Cup against Eli Apple, and you think that's a good defensive game plan? Crap, man. You should just put two two or three people over there and say, good. Hey, throw it anywhere else. You can throw it at anybody else other than him. And if anyone else catches the pass, great. You beat us. You get the touchdown. I know I'm oversimplifying it, but mm, come on. That seems to be a simple thing, doesn't it? couple other things I thought about during the game. I mean, you know, the Bengals are obviously a team that has a lot of talent. They've got some explosive offensive players. They have got to fix that offensive line. It's just it, when you have when your quarterback has no chance to just set his feet and even get a get a quick throw off, you know it's bad. And we all know how good Aaron Donald is and obviously Von Miller and and uh the rest of the the front for the Rams. We know it's good. We know they're fantastic. But yeah, you're you're in the Super Bowl. You got to have a way. And look, I I know that they had a couple of guys playing that normally wouldn't have been because of injuries and all that. And not normally, but like if if they had their starting group in there, it wouldn't have been a couple of those guys. I know the right, he had backups basically playing right guard, right tackle. And I know they've been playing recently, but it, it, clearly it didn't work. Clearly the Rams were good enough up front to take advantage of it. And now we have, jeez, this stupid microphone. It just keeps falling. I didn't do it, I swear. But I'm I'm excited about what what the AFC looks like for the coming years. I mean, with Mahomes and the Chiefs and Josh Allen up in Buffalo and now Joe Burrow and the the Bengals, all three of those quarterbacks are winners. All three of them have weapons around them. I mean, those three teams don't appear to be going anywhere anytime soon. That should make for some fun stuff in the next few years in the AFC. And we could see some quarterback chaos this year too. I mean, look, the last two... Teams to win a Super Bowl traded for their quarterback. 
I mean, the, you know, they went out and acquired. I mean, in the case of Tampa Bay, they went out and acquired Tom Brady. Obviously, the Rams went out and got Matthew Stafford. Both of those guys won the Super Bowl in their first year. And we know how this is a copycat league. So I'll be curious, like, who's going to try to go get Russell Wilson? Just as an example. Could be some fun. You know, the other thing about last night that was was interesting to me, too, was, you know, you, you didn't, re- you, you had a good story, right? You had the big team um, in L.A., but really a team that has been fighting to get support. You know, they don't, they've not really established a home field advantage. And who knows, maybe winning the Super Bowl gets people on the bandwagon. It does take time to get people to join in especially in a town where people didn't have a team for a long time and they all have their own teams or different teams. Be curious to see how that works. You know, on the, on the Cincinnati side, you had the storyline of the team that's not been there in 40 years and the, you know, the young stud quarterback who won a national championship in college who's cool and he smokes cigars and all that. I mean, I think you had a, an interesting matchup story, but I don't know that it was that interesting, like that, that compelling of a game as far as the action was concerned. I mean, it was good that it was competitive. It was good that it was close. It was good that we got it down to the final minutes of the game with the outcome of the game in question. I think it was a particularly well-played game. It was okay. It was fine. Like, it wasn't It wasn't super entertaining. It wasn't super clean. And it wasn't terrible either. It was just kind of eh. Like, nothing about it was super exciting, except for a couple of those key plays. Also, last thing that I wanted to get into here, and I tweeted about this last night, but isn't it interesting how just a couple of years ago, the NFL's major emphasis, their major point of emphasis was head injuries and concussions and how they were going to be pulling people off the field that took hard hits to the head and all of that. Isn't it funny how fast that just went away? And I'm sure if you watch the game, you know what I'm talking about. Late in the game, Cooper Cup got smoked. It was a touchdown pass in the end zone. He caught it. The, the touchdown pass wound up not counting because of offsetting penalties. But he got smoked. He got hit up high to the point where Rams players reacted to the defensive player that hit him. I think it was Von Bell. But it was it was a hit that was a really aggressive hit to the head And Cooper Cup did not get up to celebrate the touchdown. He stayed down on the ground because of the hit. And he doesn't need to get checked out. He doesn't have to go get looked at. Nobody, none of the medical people that supposedly have the power to pull a player off the field to have them get checked. Because it happened earlier in the game, right? We had a Bengals player that was pulled off the field from the spotters. I think it was a Wouzier. But in the final seconds of the game, because it's the Super Bowl and the game is on the line, a guy who clearly got hit in the head, a guy that was clearly down on the ground and having a hard time getting up, doesn't have to go get checked out. He can just stay in the game. And I don't, in, in all honesty, if, if your stance as a league or as a fan, if your stance is, hey, he's a grown-ass man, if he decides that he wants to stay in there, 
even if he's not in his right mind, if you want to make that be the standard, hey, look, he wanted to keep going. It's the Super Bowl. Fine. Stop talking to me about player safety. Stop as a league telling us that you care about player safety, about head injuries and concussions. Because if you're not going to look at that player in that spot, you don't care. Or maybe better yet, you care more about something other than that player's health. Now, Cooper Cup ended up getting the game-winning touchdown. Again, I applaud his physical toughness. I don't know that it's the wise move there, but I understand it. I think everybody that's competitive understands in that moment. Remember Joe Burrow with the knee injury? He was like, I'm not coming out. What are you talking about? After the game, he's like, I was never coming out of that game. So, I'm, again, if, if we're going to go with that as the standard, that if the player says he's okay, then he's okay, then that's got to be the, the standard all the time, not just in the final couple of minutes or in the final minute of the Super Bowl on, a la- on the last drive. And if a player who's down on the ground because they got hit in the head is supposed to be checked, then you have to check them and can't pretend that it didn't happen just because it's the Super Bowl and we don't want to take the team's best receiver out of the game on the final drive. So my my real reaction to this is just stop. Roger Goodell, everybody with the league, just stop telling me you care about player safety. Just shut up. Because you don't. At least be honest with me. It's funny, I, I, I've done some stuff, na- I've done national radio and talked about you know the Rams and people are like, well, why are you going to hate on Stan? You know, it's just a business move. I'm like, no, 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 hold on. If it was just a business move, you would have told the truth all along. You would have said simply, hey, look, man, we're going to make a lot more money in L.A., so we're going to go. Be honest. You just take the heat that comes with being honest. And if you're the league, be honest. They don't care. All right, let's wrap this hour up by getting a little bit into the halftime show. And then next hour, I got a lot of baseball for you. We're going to talk about the meeting that didn't give us any results. We'll get to all that coming up here on KMOX. All right, let's got it. We got a few minutes left here, so I, I, good. I'm glad I don't. I don't want to spend too much time on the halftime show and all that. Just a just a couple of minutes. I thought the halftime show was pretty fun. I thought it was entertaining. If if you're going to pick the two genres of music that I like, I like. Rock slash metal, and I like rap. I like those two things. Um, I, you know, it's and I, if you don't like those two things, that's okay. I know a lot of people don't like the metal music that I like. That's cool. It's okay. I get it. If you don't like rap, that's cool. Totally understand. I will say, I thought a lot of the criticisms of the halftime show were a little bit over the top. Like if you don't like most halftime shows, I can't stand Maroon Five. Are you kidding me? I could not have cared less about. Is it J Lo and who was it? Shakira. I don't know who it was. He, 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 I don't know who it was. I swore it was Shakira. Maybe it wasn't. Whatever. See, I don't even know who they are. I didn't care. I don't like it. I'll, I'll sit there and I'll complain once in a while. Like, oh, yeah, it'd be nice if they had a halftime show that I would care about. And they did this year, and it was good. Really good. I thought they messed up the audio levels a little bit, to be honest with you. There are times I couldn't hear the, the lyrics very well versus maybe the crowd mics being a little hot. But it was good. It's L.A., man. You know, I mean, like, Dre came from L.A. That was an L.A. story. And they had legends out there who did a great job. 
And it's unbelievable to me. Like, okay, if, if your complaint is I don't like rap, fine. Again, I don't like country. It doesn't mean I'm right. If you like country, doesn't mean I think you're an idiot. You just like it. I don't. But the, boy, and, and I know it's Twitter, so I got to be careful about like. But people are like it's it, boy, they the, the halftime show was over sexualized. Really? You sure about that? Because that's not. I didn't even come close to thinking that. Well, you had a few ladies dancing as part of the crew, but it wasn't like people out there in, mm, I don't know, cheerleader outfits. This is the thing that kills me. Like, people are out there like, it was, it was too sexual. Meanwhile, football has cheerleaders. Every game, cheerleaders. Dressed in little tiny outfits and stuff. Like, what, what are we doing? Like, It's football, man. And you think that is, like, too much? Get over yourself. If you're that big of a prude, just turn off the TV because there was nothing there that was over the top. Nothing at all. I also thought the the quote-unquote controversy over Snoop allegedly, uh, uh, well, smoking a joint before the performance, like, it's Snoop. What do you you think he's going to do? You really think that's a surprise? And it also, it's California, right? Legal? So what are we worried about? You know know what he sings about sometimes, right? You know what he's about, right? But of course, I know we live in a time where you must be angry about things. You must be angry about things that you don't necessarily identify with. And uh, just stop it. Just stop it. I'm sure they'll make up for this, quote-unquote, make up for this with some whatever. I did see some weirdo be mad about this performance, not because it was rap, but because it was too over the top and because these guys were allegedly criminals. Like, even if they were allegedly those things, you know, like we, we know, and again, I know the backgrounds and where the guys come from. But the same dude suggested that they should have had Ted Nugent and Kid Rock. You guys know, by the way, that Ted Nugent has a song called Jailbait, where he sings about a 13-year-old girl and says, 13 years, I know you're 13, but I don't care. You also know that his, like he's admitted to dating underage girls when he was 30 years old, right? So that's your bastion of... And by the way, if you want to see lyrics... Oh boy, you should check out Kid Rock's lyrics before he became Kid Country. You should look at what he what he had to say back in the late eight, late nineties, early two thousands in his songs. Oh boy, you want to talk about blushing? You want to talk about crazy? Go check those out and then get back to me, big fella. Hey, we got baseball after the news here on KMOX.